Welcome, everyone. It's Russ Galzo, Chronicles the End Times. So glad to have you with us today as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today, we're going to be looking at chapter 5. So let's get right to it. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out unto all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God, and from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. What an incredible, incredible scene. We see this scene in heaven where God the Father, the one sitting on the throne, had the scroll in his right hand. And what is this scroll that he's holding? But this scroll is the title deed to the earth, to buy back the earth. There is a time in history when God is going to redeem the world back to him. And you can say, well, you know, I thought Jesus did that on the cross. Yes, he is the redeemer. He came to redeem the world, to redeem the whole world. But there is a finish that needs to be done. Back in Genesis, when God created man and created this beautiful, beautiful garden, he handed the whole world to Adam. He said, here, Adam, this is for you. Have dominion over it. Take control. This is yours. This is my gift to you. And what happened? Adam and Eve fell into sin, and they believed the devil over God. And what happened? He lost control. Man lost control of the earth and handed over to Satan. There are those people who would take exception to that, but... Like I've said in a previous podcast, Paul says that Satan is the god of this world. Jesus said he's the prince of this world. Paul talks about the prince and the power of the air. There's no doubt that this world 
is run by the devil. Many people run around blaming God for this and that and the other thing. When in reality, it's the devil's world. You could say, well, I thought God was in control of everything. Well, he is. God is in control of everything. But man gave control that God gave to him over to the devil. And that's why Jesus had to come to redeem us back. So we see this setting, and Paul talks about it. You can look in Romans chapter 8. And it says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of those, the one, rather, that subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be liberated from the bondage of decay and brought to the glorious freedom of the children of God. Now we know that all of creation is groaning out in pains in this present time in which we live. Nature wants to be released. This thing that God created, this earth and all its beauty, and the animals and the trees and everything God made, the birds of the air, are all under this curse along with man. And it says that the earth itself is just moaning and groaning under the weight of sin, it says in Isaiah. And it wants to be free. So although Jesus Christ came on the cross and gave us salvation, complete redemption of this world has not taken place yet. That's coming. And we see that here in chapter 5 of the book of Revelation. So here's the Father holding this scroll, and an angel comes along and proclaims, okay, who's worthy to break the seals on this scroll? We've got to open it up. Who's worthy? And the scripture says that no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. Nobody in all creation could take this scroll from the Father and redeem the world back except Jesus Christ. And so John says he wept. He wept out loud because there was nobody worthy that could open the scroll up to see what was inside. And then one of the elders came to him and says, look, don't worry, John. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the rooted Jesse, he's triumphed. And he's going to open the scroll and its seven seals. So this is an amazing scene. John now sees the lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. What is he seeing? He's seeing the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And you see in the risen Christ still with the holes in his hand and the holes at his side in his glorified body, just like he came and showed the apostles. Remember in the upper room, he said, look at me. I am flesh and bones like you. He didn't say anything about blood because he had already shed all his blood. He was a supernatural body he was in. Brand new, modeling this body that we're going to have. Because the scripture says we shall be like him. John's looking and symbolically he's seeing in this supernatural vision that he sees Jesus. And he's got seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So in other words, once again, we talked about seven, complete fulfillment, the Godhead, you know, as we read in Colossians. And he comes and he takes the scroll from the right hand 
of his father. His father is the only one who's sitting on the throne. No one else. And when he takes it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fall down before him, before Jesus. And each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which the scripture says were the prayers of the saints. Now, what are these prayers? How many times have we prayed, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we say this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the Our Father. We want God's will to be done on earth, just like it's being done in heaven, which would make this place an incredible place to be, right? A wonderful place to live. So these are the prayers of the saints. And this goes up as this incense burning, and it's a sweet smell to the Lord. And it's time for this prayer to be answered. Okay, we've been praying this prayer for thousands of years. You know, and all of a sudden, now is the time, as we're looking forward in this book, is the time when God's going to answer that prayer. He's going to have his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they sang the song. It says, you're worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And so they're beginning to give him praise and worship is coming to the Lord. It's exploding all over the place. John says he saw many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne with the living creatures and the elders, and they just worshiped and sang and sang unto the Lord and gave him praise. And then he says he saw everything, every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing. What he's seeing is the future. He's seeing Jesus, through the return of Christ, coming to the earth after the uh, battle of Armageddon in, this, in the millennial reign where he rules and reigns on this earth and the whole earth just relaxes like, oh, I'm free. I'm free from all this decay. I'm free from all this cancer. I'm free from all this horrible, horrible curse that's come upon all of mankind and all of God's creation because of man, because of man handing it off to Satan. So here is where God begins to show us what this scroll is all about. And we learn about it in Jeremiah a little bit. Jeremiah has to do something with the scroll. He's got to redeem his uncle's property. And his cousin comes to him and he says, you know, my uncle, my father rather can't redeem this. He's not able to, but uh, you have the right to redeem it. So we need you to redeem the property. So Jeremiah goes and he knows this is from the Lord. He's heard from the Lord to do this. And so he gets this scroll, this deed of purchase. And he says, I took the deed of purchase, the sealed copy containing the terms and the conditions, as well as the unsealed copy. And he took it and he brought it before the elders and they put it in a jar clay jar and they buried it so it would uh, not decay so on this deed there were things written on the inside and the outside and the only way that you could read the things on the inside was if you broke the seal now jeremiah in his day was the one who was able to redeem it he was the only one who could redeem this property for his cousin because his uncle couldn't and so here is an example because we cannot redeem the world. We're not able. So Jesus came, and he's the only one, according to chapter 5, that's worthy to break the seals, to take the scroll, open it up, 
and begin to declare that the earth is going to be free. Just like in Jeremiah, the deed had certain conditions and terms that had to be met. If you didn't meet those conditions and terms, you couldn't open the scroll to see who owned the property. So the same thing holds true here. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus is talking, and he's telling them about the end times. He says, there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on the earth. The nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. He's talking about how terror is going to be everywhere and men's hearts will fail them. And he says, when you see these things begin to take place, he said, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So we see, though we have been saved and we're blood washed and we love the Lord and he know, we know he's coming back for us, we have not yet to be completely redeemed. This will happen when Christ returns. We're going to get glorified bodies. God is going to redeem us. Our mortality is changed to immortality in the twinkling of an eye. We are changed. Now here, in this instance, God is about to change the earth. He's going to transform it. But it's going to go through a tremendous convulsive period in which all this sin that just weighs on the earth and weighs it down and the rise of this Antichrist and all that's going to transpire as we read ahead, it's going to go through this tremendous birthing process where the kingdom of God shall be birthed forth. These are the beginning of sorrows, as Jesus said. It's like birth pangs of a woman giving birth. You know, it's just the world is going to convulse, and that's what we're just beginning to see. The heaviness of sin, the heaviness of all that we did by handing everything over to Satan. That's why Jesus told us, he said, occupy until I come. In other words, continue to do my work. Continue to do it. Even though the whole world might seem to be against you continue to be the light continue to love people continue to reach out and share my love and my salvation with everyone and so this is where we are today the world needs redemption we need complete redemption though we're saved and though we love the lord we still are decaying every day we're getting older no matter how old you are because we haven't been completely redeemed yet Our spirits are alive. They're on fire for God. You know, the rest of the body is not. In the same way with this world, the world is still under this heavy decay. But yet Jesus Christ is coming to take that all away, to actually let the the whole world just sigh relief as this sin gets lifted off it like a heavy weight on its shoulders. Isaiah said that the world rocks and reels and moans and groans under this heavy weight. Thank God that we have the promise, the promise that Jesus gave us and the promise that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God, and that's you and me. And so this is an exciting, exciting time that we live in. Yes, it's tough, and there's a lot of crazy things going on, and it is only going to get worse. But yet, those who live righteously and those who live close to God, you're going to do mighty exploits for God. People are going to run to you for answers when everything's falling apart. And maybe you've already had that happen to you. I know it's happened to me. You know, there's no hope. There's no hope in this system. 
The only hope is in the blood of Jesus Christ and his love for us. I hope you uh, enjoyed chapter 5. We're going to be moving forward to chapter 6 when the uh, scrolls is opened and the seals broken. Continue in him. He loves you. God bless. Till next time.